Good morning, welcome to Emmett Audio. Yesterday my younger daughter was in my shop and she looked at the box fan that I keep there and she said, how come it's so gross? And I said, well, it's, you know, nobody's cleaned it, maybe ever. But it's not that hard. Do you want to take it down to the house and clean it? Yeah, you take off these screws and pull off the screen. You wipe everything down, you put it back together. I said, yeah. So she carted away the box fan. And I went back to carving. And I came down to the house at the end of the day to find the box fan half taken apart and Susanna reading a book on the couch. And I said, no, 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 no. That is not how this works. If you want to clean the box fan, clean the box fan. If you don't want to clean the box fan, put it back together and put it back in my shop. And the one choice you don't get to take is to half dismantle it and then leave it lying around. And then you've made things worse. And it occurs to me that that's an important lesson for life in general. Not because, well, people will fault you for it, but largely because if you go through your life acting this way, you're getting the worst of both worlds. If you want to do something, do it. If you want to fix something, fix it. If you set out to start something, finish it. If you can't finish it, if you decide not to do it, if you decide you can't fix it, then put it back together the way it was and put it back on the shelf. But how many of us are in the habit, whether we realize it or not, of starting something, of opening up a project, and then just letting it sit there, half done, taking up space in our lives, slowly losing the little pieces that we're going to need later to put things back together. And not just taking up physical space in our lives, but taking up mental space in our lives too. How many of us do this with other people's stuff? Not just physical stuff, but stuff we told people we were going to do. And now they're thinking we're going to do it. And then maybe we don't do it. Maybe we have to do it, and then we get distracted and sit down to read a book on the couch. It's worse than not offering to do the thing in the first place. Because it means that the other person is thinking it's going to get done. The other person is perhaps waiting for it to get done so that they can resume using the thing or doing the thing. And you might return it in worse condition than you found it. If you lose some parts. If you break some things. So to my mind, this is a major fault. And I know we all have it. 
when I think about the areas in my life that I'm avoiding, that little corner of my office where all the sort of half-finished projects end up, where all the things I used to think were important are stacked in a box because I was going to get rid of them and then I never quite got rid of them. How many of those things have been taking up emotional, mental space, let alone the physical space, in my life? How much guilt am I carrying around about not finishing them? How much kind of half-assed, well, I plan to do that someday, am I doing? Great case in point. I've been fascinated by bows, like making a wooden bow. And at a certain point, I was like, okay, well, I can... I can make bows, but I'm not, not interested in making an arrow. You know, I'm not interested in making arrows, so maybe I should just buy some arrows. And I thought, well, let me just see if I can buy something on Craigslist. So I go to Craigslist and I buy a quiver full of random ass arrows. Okay. And they come with a, you know, some like, kid's bow that doesn't have a bowstring. Okay. Well, that's now sitting in my corner of my shop for years now, and I have an ash stave that I've been seasoning for way too long, all set for me to be interested in, take the time to make a bow. And that crummy quiver of arrows and the, the bow that isn't really a bow, they're now impediments to me doing this project. They're now, they've defined this dead-end path that's keeping me from pursuing the project of making a bow. And the ash stave may or may not be keeping me from making a bow. It might be exactly the right thing that I need. But it was years ago when I prepped it. I think it's probably still useful. I don't know to what extent. I know people make bows out of seasoned wood, so it's probably fine. But certainly, certainly, the sort of half-hearted attempt that then petered out, that I never cleared away, that's getting in my way of continuing this idea that this is something I would like to explore. So what do you do when you find yourself in this situation? I think, first of all, recognizing it for what it is is the biggest thing. Because I don't think my daughter even consciously thought about the fact that she had left this thing undone. She just... You know, I think she got to a point where she had trouble with one screw and then she got distracted and that's life, right? That's not just kids, that's all of us. And it might take us longer to get to that distracted point, but we get there. And then time goes by 
and especially if we have a lot of space. I mean, this is why I'm actually really grateful that we don't have a big barn, because I think people who have large barns that aren't being used for their intended purpose, right? Like, if you have a large barn and you have lots of animals and you actually use the barn, well, that's a different matter. But if you have a large barn that has no longer has its purpose and it's essentially just a large storage shed, how many of these unfinished projects can you fit in there? Every single New England barn that I've ever set foot in is full of these things. And it strikes me that that's not a healthy way to go through life. And you might go into a barn and think, oh, I love it when barns hold all the detritus of things. But that's because you've never lived with a barn. I have, and I know better. The detritus of things, that's like, <coughs> that's unfinished business that you should have finished up and wrapped up and gotten out of your life, put back on the shelf. And I feel this way about attics also. I feel this way about basements. Look, it's not that there's not a place for cool junk to go and live, but it takes an emotional toll on you to be surrounded by your own projects. I think it's different if it's somebody else's projects because then by definition it's, if you see something cool, it means it's like the beginning of your own journey. But to be surrounded by your own half-finished, half-assed attempts at things is a demoralizing place to be even if you don't recognize it as such. One of the most amazing things that I've experienced in my life when it comes to this is the people who bought our old house that had the big barn full of decades of other people's stuff. They cleared all that stuff out, more or less, and turned it back into a barn that's housing animals. And let me tell you, the difference between a barn full of junk and a barn that is doing its intended purpose is night and day. It feels so different. And I haven't poked my head all the way through it to see if it's totally, totally different. For all I know, you could have plenty of the old junk still in it, and that's fine. But the point is, there is a psychological weight that you can feel to unfinished business even small stuff. And it's worth closing that loop so that you can feel free to move in whatever direction you think is best. Thank you for listening. Talk tomorrow.